It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it was a fun night, uh, and it was kind of the the performance from Baylor that you wanted to see all year, that you thought you were going to see, where you have the offense that we normally would have, but also the defense showed up against Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. It was the it was the most complete game I think this team has played all season long, and. It was weird because you didn't get a whole, you didn't get a bunch of production out of Keontae George. He he didn't have his strongest game, but it still felt like this team is finding its identity and and knows who they are. They played with a level of energy. I don't think we have seen all year this year. Um, and especially the defensive intensity, like you talked about the effort that they had on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and the, I, I would, I would almost call it like trust between each other like the way that they were switching everything the help defense that was there um the off ball movement for the majority of the game was better than we've seen all season long and it was exactly what i have been waiting to see it's it's like we knew this team had all the parts to be extremely talented and very very good and win a lot of games but it's just taken them until the end of january really to uh, mesh and meld into the sum of all those parts. 
Yeah. And I mean, there were some, you know, periods where like the offense struggled, you know, especially struggled creating their own shot. Um, they would set yeah, up they, they bad, get into the, they get jump into the ISO ball a little bit. Yeah. And that was at times that was frustrating, kind of allowed Kansas to, to claw back into it in the second half before they started, you know, doing what they, what they do again and extend the lead again. I think, you know, to, I think it was a 10 point lead or somewhere around there. And then from that point in, they just kind of cruised to the, to the end of the game, you know, Kansas made another run, got it within five, but I don't think um, they never got closer than that. Yeah. They, you know, Baylor jumped out to the, the early lead within about the first four minutes of the game. And then after that, it was a run by them, a run by us. And then, you know, five minutes of just purely really, really good basketball on both sides. And then a run by them, a run by us. And we, you know, we'd get up to the yeah. 13, 13 point lead. They'd cut it down to seven and we get it back up to 13, you know? And so it stayed even, it was one of the better basketball games I've watched this year because this isn't the strongest Kansas team that we've seen lately, but they have two players in Jalen Wilson and, and Grady Dick who, man, those, those dudes are both like hoopers, man, like yeah, straight up for sure. And it helped. Like, so it's fun to watch them. Yeah. Like, I just really liked I, I, the, the, the punching back and forth between these two teams. Uh, Jay Billis talked about it a lot on the broadcast about how, you know, a decade ago, you wouldn't have ever considered, Kansas versus Baylor to be a big rivalry and it's really kind of becoming that within the big 12 especially I think between the teams it's a the, the amount of respect that they have for each other they they both want to beat each other um and so it was yeah. it was a really fun game to watch and I think the the end results of the last two seasons has really amped it up when you talk about those are the last two national champions in the same conference going at yeah. it two times a year and then and they the last three big 12 titles yeah it's baylor has one kansas has one and we have one that we split yeah so it's like it's it's becoming almost and i've heard other people say this on twitter i wish i could remember who i who i heard it from that they said you know kind of like big 12 basketball is what the sec football thinks it is as far as like top to bottom the best conference and in that scenario, you're talking about like Baylor and Kansas are really, you know, like the Alabama, Georgia of, of that comparison. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, or thinking back to when it was Alabama LSU, you know, it yeah. was, you know, that's, that's really where these programs have reached. Now in football, there's like these huge talent gaps that you, that you have these dynasties. It's really hard to win multiple national championships in basketball, but the way that both of these programs have been able to maintain over the last probably I'd say five years or so has has been, you know, ahead above anywhere else. It, it, Scott Drew has won 12 of his last 13 top 10 matchups, which yeah. is tied for the longest or the best record in a 13 game span in the history of college basketball. 12 out of 13 times that he has played a top 10 team, he has won the basketball game that Go back to, to, I say this all the time, but like go back to 2006 Baylor fan me and tell me that that would ever happen. And I'd laugh in your face. Yeah, absolutely. 
and this game in particular kind of was the culmination of like five straight wins, conference wins for Baylor after starting off 0-3 in conference. And it seems like this is the perfect time to kind of, like you said, come together and play like complete basketball. Yeah, and I think it's not just the players coming together. It's it's the coaching staff understanding the players. We're yeah. really starting to see now in the last couple of games a much smaller rotation. Scott Drew played eight guys in this game. The only bench players that played were Ojanwuna, Loner, and Love. Um, Langston Love got 18 minutes, and then Ojanwuna and Loner both shared for 13. Yeah. Um, it, that they they had 13 points off the bench between the three of them. Uh, which is which is pretty solid. Kansas only had two points off of their bench. They played nine guys, but it, I think what this is showing to me is a, you're, this is a couple of games now where Del Bonner hasn't gotten any minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's like second game in a row, right? That he has yeah. not played any minutes. And it's third game in a row where he, you know, it, it, three games ago he had he had very very limited time on the like, floor. He played like three minutes. Against, yeah. Was that Texas Tech? I think so. And yeah. and this is this is proof to me here that Scott Drew is finally saying like okay. This this is the eight. Like these are the guys. Unless there is a big score discrepancy where where you're going to get guys in, or you have an injury, or there's foul trouble, these are the eight guys that you're going to see um, out on the floor way more than anybody else. Um, this is probably the group that's gelled the best in practice, and I think it's the eight players that have proven that they perform the best on the court. Um, a little bit of worry when you only play eight guys, though, is that, you know, you've got LJ Cryer playing 38 minutes and Adam Flagler playing 35 minutes. Yeah. Dante George played 29. And I I think, you know, his his performance there is probably a little bit of the freshman wall. Um, this is a high level of competition twice a week, every week. That's that's tough to go through. Plus your college class schedule and the, the rigors of dealing with uh, the practice um, and the level of effort that it takes to be a D1 athlete. Um, I'm sure that's probably similar in there for Keontae George. So um, luckily we have the advantage of having three guards that start um, and Langston Love on the bench. So yeah. I, I want to see Langston get some more minutes and see if we can share that load a little bit better. But really I am excited game. to see these these eight going forward. He had a, he had a really good game uh, last night for sure. And have proven proven that he uh, he deserves those minutes. He's earned those minutes. Best player. It was always going to take him a minute because it's not only returning from an injury, which you know he had a torn ACL, missed all of last season, which would have been his freshman year. This guy is one of the the best recruits that Scott Drew's ever brought in. But he needed to rehab, and then when you come back, you got to get your basketball legs under you, right? Like it, game speed is different than scrimmage speed or, or pickup speed you know it's it's totally different when you get in there so he had to get his basketball game legs back underneath him once that happens then you have to get your basketball rhythm back the guy had the guy had gone over a year without playing basketball yeah um so he, he's got to get his game rhythm back plus you know you, you can when you red shirt you still get to practice with guys and and you can kind of learn what they want to do and understand how to play with guys when you've got a torn ACL and you're in uh, a big old knee brace and you can't move, you're, you're just sitting there at practice. So he's a freshman right now, essentially. Like he knows these guys well, but he's having to learn how to play with LJ Cryer and with Adam Flagler, with Flo Thamba, with Keontae George. He's having to learn how to do it with all these guys. 
So it doesn't surprise me that we're getting to the end of January and we're seeing this team as a whole play better. We're seeing the rotations get smaller. I think the coaching has gotten better and we're starting to see Langston love actually start playing closer to the level that we thought he would be at. And, you know, it, knock on wood, but I think what we're starting to see is this team really learning who it is. And we might have a nice little run where we've won five games in a row and we could see that number get a lot bigger yeah. um, as we start to flex our muscle in this conference. Yeah. Cause like Scott just said, his, his post game, like, you know, this is a team like Baylor that has won 23 in a row before. This is a, a team that's beat high ranked opponents, won national championship, won conference championships. So, I mean, and I think you, to that, he was speaking to the, the lack of any kind of like, Court storming, I guess. Which right, yeah. You, brought was, up, you know, I don't know what it'll take to, to get a yeah. court storming anymore. And so, like, it is, it wasn't even a thought, which was, like, being there, like, that wasn't even, like, in inside someone's head to storm the court. Like, Baylor, like, well, Baylor's what, has beaten Kansas the last three times in Waco? Three times in a row in Waco, and we beat them in the fog recently, too. So Yeah, so, I mean, it's to the point where, like, you know, we expect to to win these games. That's that was Scott Drew's ninth ever win against Kansas, but most of them have have come in recent memory. Recently, yes. Um, so the the men's basketball on a five game win streak. Um, on the other side, you have women's basketball who's had a, a little bit of a rough spot after starting off strong in conference. They dropped a couple games in a row. Had a win against Kansas State, which Kansas State I think is probably the worst team in on the women's side. And then uh, they lost another one to uh, Texas on Sunday, so they're they're in a rough spot. Dropped out of the top twenty-five for the first time in forever. Feels like um, they're sitting right now about fifth place in the standings, four and three in conference. So. Did you know, I, I haven't confirmed this, if this was true, but um, I was told this by a friend of mine that's a, a Tennessee fan. Um, so this person is very knowledgeable about women's basketball. But apparently Texas also fell out of the, the rankings this week. They were ranked 25th when they beat us. Um, but I, I guess they had lost earlier in the week. Yeah, no, they're not ranked anymore. That's correct. So it is, uh, again, I have not checked this, but I was told this today. It is the first time since the inception of the poll in women's basketball, that a Texas team has not been ranked. Yeah. Cause Texas tech isn't very good. Right. And they used to be, they're about to yeah. celebrate. Uh, they have, uh, I, it, I think it might be this weekend or this week at some point, they're celebrating their 1993 national championship team um, who I believe had Cheryl swoops, uh, Houston Comets star on it. So. And that, I think is Tech's only team national championship was their uh, was their their women's national championship yeah, uh, so in '93. It, it may be the Baylor game because Baylor travels to Lubbock um, on Saturday. Gotcha. You know what? I think I said 50 years. It would be 30 years. I want to make that clear. If I said 50, yeah. oh my God, I hope it's not 50. <laughs> yeah, our, our women's team. High you know, they had they had a big win at a ranked Oklahoma team, a big win at a ranked Kansas team. They look like yeah. they were kind of riding the ship. Um, and then now they've, they've dropped three out of their last four. Um, 
you know, they opened with that TCU win uh, in December. And then, like you're talking about, they had the, those two ranked wins back to back before they lost to Oklahoma they State. Were, they were kind of in this position last year, too. If you remember, yeah, um, yeah, and they, had, they were they a couple of strong. games out and, and yeah. ended up ended up coming coming back. Winning the conference. Um, this is it's a resilient team, and I I have all the faith in the world in Nikki Collin. Um, yeah, they pull it off against Tech, get another win against Kansas, and then if they could go into Ames, uh, which is you know three games from now, um, against Iowa State, who's right there at the top of the conference, if you could go into Ames and steal a win up there. It completely changes the trajectory, I think, of the rest of the season. Um, so you got to win. You got to win the next two against Tech and Kansas, and then that that Iowa State game is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, uh, and then after that, you know, you've got you've got Oklahoma again. The slate doesn't get easier. Oklahoma six and one in conference, but again, that only loss that Oklahoma has was by eleven uh, at their place uh, to Baylor. So Baylor's beaten the best this conference has. They just yeah. they just need to get a little bit more consistent. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you 100. You know, it's I've seen some chatter of mostly it's people who are I guess Kim Wilkie fans who are like very uh, critical of Nikki Collin, but I know they're dealing with injuries. Probably I think two of their best players have been out that we were expected to be there on this during this uh, conference run. So it's it's a lot of bad luck, and then just you know a lull in the in the the play during the season but also just like we've talked about before you're she's still turning over this roster with the players that fit what she wants to do yeah it's it's this was never a one two three year thing like yeah. this is this is going to take a minute it's a change in philosophy uh it's, absolutely it's everything around this program is going to be different. Um, and you can agree with some of those things. You can disagree with some of those things, but personally, I really love Nikki Collin and I'm excited to see where she takes this program long-term. Uh, I also think that it's, it's tough for her because her entrance into Baylor in this sport, which is where, which is a space that we have been, you know, as dominant as you can be. There's pretty much only been two schools UConn and Tennessee that that you could say like they're they're more premier programs than what Baylor is in women's basketball um and with the departure of Kim Mulkey and the bringing in of a new coach in a new era in that sport it coincides also directly with I think more parity appearing in the sport where you're starting to see teams get better and better across the country it's no more just five to ten teams are so much better than everybody else and you know it doesn't matter because out of this five to 10 team group, that's where your national champion is going to be. You're starting to see schools, put more money into women's sports, put more focus into women's basketball specifically. Um, and you're starting to see schools invest more and more. Um, I think you're starting to see more and more athletes wanting to play the sport of basketball. So the sport is really, really growing on the women's side. And it's really fun to watch now because you've got a place like Iowa where, you know, they've got maybe the best player in the country um pound for pound women or men um you've seen what south carolina has been able to do um you know what baylor's been able to do the last couple of years uh and the expansion of the game is just really really cool and it's going to make it tough from a perception standpoint because like 
Iowa State's good now. Oklahoma's good now. The Big 12, people have kind of caught up to us, just like on the men's side where everybody caught up to Kansas. Yeah. Uh, the same thing's happening on the women's side. And it's not just that Baylor has gotten worse. It's that those other programs have elevated themselves. So I think it's going to be a really, really fun era and a much more competitive era in women's basketball. So take the transition period where Nikki Collin might lose a little bit more games than we did eight years ago. Um with the understanding that the sport is different than it was eight years ago. Absolutely. <clears throat> so there's really no way to transition to our next topic from women's basketball. Um, but on the football side in the big 12, there, there has been some movement, not only in um, some uh, staffers, but coordinators and TC made- head coaches. <laughs> TC, that's a that's a wild choice. Um, TC made an offensive coordinator hire, and they decided to go with Arkansas offensive coordinator one Kendall Bryles. Kendall with one L. Yeah, um, y'all, everyone listening that may be familiar with uh, Kendall Bryles, he uh, was a big part of what happened at Baylor. Did caused a lot of <clears throat> uh let's just call issues. it for what it what it what it is he was he was the um possibly second maybe third maybe phil bennett was second in command in that group but i would say he's probably the top lieutenant of the team yeah um, and the era of baylor of a complete and utter lack of accountability where multiple reports of rampant sexual assault were occurring um, within the program. Uh, you can argue that it was a uh, an issue as a part of the wider campus and administration that wasn't just the football team. That's fair. The football That's team fair. was involved um, and there was a complete and just disgusting lack of leadership from everybody there that was involved. Um, and they all deserve to lose their jobs um, and they all deserve to be criticized for, for it forever. Um, I've had somebody, so many people come to me on Twitter and say things like, oh, do you believe in forgiveness? And are you going to hold this over the person's head? And I've told every single one of them, like, if I'm ever in that situation where I'm leading a group of people and I completely ignore the things that are going on around me and it causes suffering among a large number of people that I should be there to protect. Um, yeah, go ahead and hold that over my head for the rest of my life. I will be totally fine with that because I will have earned it. Um and also, like Kendall's never, asked never apologized. For forgiveness, apologized yeah. or anything. So he's, he's never taken ownership. All he's done is is slapped the letter C A B on some black t shirts, um, and written it on his hand, and 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 come and warn them, and defended, and tried to act like nothing happened. And uh, you know, I saw, I saw a TCU fan say something along the lines of it was so different, you know, it, it, that Kendall was okay because uh, what happened at Baylor was the whole house was rotten and, and we blamed the kitchen, meaning the kitchen was the football team and we got rid of the kitchen. And I, and I just thought to myself, if you say that the whole house is rotten, that means the kitchen is too. <laughs> like, do you not hear yourself? Like it still means that, the football team was an intrinsic part of what happened. He, and the men that led that football team are responsible for their part of it. It'd be and, more palatable if anyone in that coaching staff 
would have come out and had any accountability. Right. And I get, I, I, you know, I've had this discussion where it's, there were, there were legal implications that were involved because Baylor was involved in a number of lawsuits and lawyers, I'm sure on both sides have instructions on like what you can say and what you can't say. And sometimes it's better to say nothing. We're past all that at this point now. Like, at, at, you know, yeah. if you most really of those cases have been settled already. I mean, it's, yeah. it's over. So, uh, I I legitimately feel bad for um, a number of folks on the TCU side, which which, which is weird for me to say because my my hatred of their of their institution, um, I think is is widely known for anybody that listens to this podcast. But I feel bad for guys like Statsawar Parker on Twitter. I feel bad for guys yeah. like YLMK. Um, uh, Grant McCallard. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. Um, but there's some good folks that are TCU fans, like that are just legitimately good people who happen to grow up in the Dallas Fort Worth area or went there for school or whatever it may be. And they are passionate TCU fans who do not agree with this hire, but have reached out to Jeremiah Donati, um, the athletic director there about this to, to no response. Nobody stood up and taken you know, any course of action. I think it's pretty clear that the school um, leaked this out there about a week before it actually happened, just to gauge what the public reaction would be. I don't even think it was about the public reaction. I think they were gauging what their donor reaction would be because it's one thing if everybody on Twitter's pissed off at you, but if the people that are sending you the big checks don't care, then you don't care what Twitter says. Yeah. Um, You brought something up. I guess we were, was it? A couple Saturdays ago when we went to the Oklahoma State game, we were having this conversation about what it's going to be. How are you going to feel? Let me ask you. Let me turn around to you. Because inevitably, I think there's going to be a camera shot of the former Baylor head coach with TCU gear on at a game. Maybe not Baylor game, but a, a game somewhere. I don't think he'll ever wear TCU gear. You don't think he'll ever support? No, I, I think I think if you ever see a shot of him at a game, which I do think is actually like, uh, I, I think it would be hilarious if it happened. I don't think unless they're in a situation where they were like back in, in the playoff that you would see him at one of their games. I I don't think I think he is too smart to do that. Cause I don't, I don't think there's any clips of him in an, in an Arkansas game or at a, when, no. when Kendall was at Houston or Florida I mean, state. I don't know. I never, I didn't watch those games. So, but yeah, I mean, neither, never... but I feel like, I feel like we would have seen it on Twitter. Like yeah. if, if somebody was, if, if ESPN threw up Art Bryles, you know, somebody would have, I put... guarantee you he showed up to practice with close part of practice. Yeah. That's, that's probably, I, I would say that's likely. Um, But, and you know, it is back in Texas. It is. Yeah. The Dallas Fort Worth area, so who knows? I mean, but if he is on Texas, TV, he so. definitely won't be wearing TCU stuff. He would be, I, he would just be wearing like black. The thing that I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how not only this affect on like TCU fans, but like let's say he's there in for a few years, and then he he comes back to Waco. You know, there's there's bound to be people who are still Baylor fans who go to Baylor games who are affected by his actions. Yep. And how are they going to feel to have him back in Waco, back in McLean Stadium after everything that went on? Also, what popped in my head was there's probably a portion of Baylor fan base who will be excited to, excited see, him to back. see him again. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. And I don't know how I would react if you hear 
a smattering of like cheering from Baylor fans for if there was audible cheering for Kendall Bryles, like if I, 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 if, if somebody around me, I might, I might legitimately tell them to fuck off to their face. I mean, it was, it's just, and then from a fan perspective, something that we dealt with on, especially on Twitter was during the whole aftermath of the scandal and ever and Mark Browse, you know, getting fired. And we got a lot of a lot of shit from other fan bases on online. Most notably probably TCU. And so I just they just have lost all their like and, and rightfully so for what went on, they did have like, you know, you know, the moral high ground based on what had been going what had happened at at Baylor, they just burned all that to the ground in one fell swoop. Yeah, one of the things I think I was talking, I was talking to one of my Iowa State friends, and he he said, I think he said something along the lines of TCU really wants to prove that they're purple Baylor, and I said, no, they're less like Baylor today. We fired him; they hired him. Yeah. Um, I'm just disappointed, dude. Like, there, and just there are so many people out there who were like, "This is stupid. This is dumb." That have criticized it, and it doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what's right. It, yeah, you're right. You're right. They hired him because um, Tony Dykes wanted to. He wanted to hire him. He's and this probably, is now the, the now he's got two guys from the Baylor staff. Yeah, and he's probably known. I mean, just he's probably known Kendall for like his whole life. I would assume just because. Yeah, Art and Sonny were together at Tech, right? Yeah, they're both in that same staff, and I'm sure they knew each other prior to that, just from his time in in West Texas. Yeah, I'm when, sure when his yeah, dad was head coach at Texas. Possible Tech. Spike tried to recruit kids that Art coached. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and just run-ins, you know, he was a long-time high school football coach, so I'm sure there's there's been run-ins. Um, so it's one of those things where it's part of, like, the whole, like, good old boy networking in, in college coaching circles. Like, most, most head coaches hire either people they worked with or people they know or people that they have worked with know, and it's kind of – you're not just going to go in there blind and get a job in college football. Right. So, and it's the, it's more of that same, same ilk. It's just he carries, you could have hired anyone else in that coaching tree or related to it that doesn't have the baggage that Kendall Browse had. Yeah. Anyone in the air raid tree that, that Michael Leach tree that they all come from, you could have hired, there's, there's bound to be someone else who you could have money whipped to get over to TCU. You could have hired, heck, you could have gone and gotten Zach Keatley if you wanted to. Yeah, for sure. And because what they're paying Kendall, you could definitely, I'm sure it's a pay raise for what any other office. And they had to give him the associate head coach title. Um, Yeah, and quarterback's coach. Do we want to talk about how cowardly they are as an institution for their tweet? Yeah, I mean, you just, if you see the tweet, well, tell people, like, if they haven't seen it, describe the tweet. Yeah, so... So if you haven't seen the tweet, it, it just the, the thing that sticks out to you the most is his name is not in text in the tweet, uh, in the bright. actual tweet body. 
so it just said uh, offensive coordinator, associate head coach. You know, welcome to TCU, Joe. Why uh, was it in the in the the like tweet itself? Because now in the future, if you ever wanted to easily find that tweet, you and you thought TCU or Kendall Bryles, you wanted to type in a Kendall Bryles to find that tweet. It's not searchable. Like it's it's buried amongst other random stuff that are not specific keywords of his name. So that's that's PR move number one. Number two, uh, where his name was listed was on the graphic that yeah. they showed, which was him on a private plane. I would say, I don't think there's any other way to put it, hiding behind his children. That's what it looks like. He's the he's the furthest one away from the camera, I guess you could say. Did you see the, there's another really subtle thing is uh, I, the son that is in the middle of the picture is standing in such a way that they put welcome Kendall Bryles behind his son and his son's head cuts covers, off yeah, a significant part of portion yeah. of the name Bryles. So if you were just passing through and you weren't like a well-known college football, like a, you know, a, a well-versed college football fan to look at his face and understand who he is, it's possible that you wouldn't even have seen the full name to been, wait, I've heard the name Bryles before. Who is that? Um, it was just, it was an overall TCU knowing what they were doing was going to piss everybody off. They, again, they didn't care, but they wanted to do everything they could to not have to deal with it because the day before they tweeted it out, the actual like announcement they did through a press release. Well, they, email. Yeah. They didn't even tweet it out. They, they, was hired they emailed it, it, man to like media. And I guess they posted it on the website maybe, but, um, but yeah, they didn't put, you know, normally you see like welcome home or whatever. And then a big graphic and all that stuff, whatever it's, you know, official. But Matt, we had to when hear you were from, growing up, did you ever did you ever get in trouble with your parents? Like, did you ever do stuff you weren't supposed to do? All the time. Okay. Now, when you weren't acting up, like when you were actually acting right, you were doing the things that your mom and dad wanted you to do. Did you did you sneak around or were you just like, you know, doing your thing and you didn't uh, care if they saw you? I you know, doing my thing, didn't care if they saw me. I'm doing when I'm, when did you sneak around? When I didn't want to get caught doing something. Yeah. Uh so that's what they've done here is they know everybody's going to be at, mad at them. And so now they were trying to sneak around. And that's the thing here is they did, they, they're not even owning this thing. They're, they're telling the world they know they shouldn't have done this. It, but I mean, the, the worst thing about it is it's, it's all worked. Because you're not seeing Pete Thamel or Bruce Feldman tweet about this hire. No. They're staying. They're staying away from it. You mean the we are? I personally learned about it from like a, a TCU like blog who broke the story, who said like, "Oh, like people who are in the know who cover TCU, like within yeah. TCU, it'd be like if it was you know, like what was Daily it like Bears uh, Purple said, Theory or something is who it was. It's like Frogs. I think Frogs Today is where I read it. it was like Frogs Today. He, that's that's he, who it was. Yep, you're right. And and then it, it'd be like. They knew like, oh, it's the contract signed, like it's done. And but there's no you normally you see like those typical people, Bruce Feldman or whoever tweet out like TCU's hired whoever. Can you'd see that you know he hired Kendall Brown's offensive coordinator? Nothing. It's like crickets. Which so I mean in, in their whole like strategy worked. Yeah, and nobody's talking about it. Anymore. It's not on ESPN. It's not 
you know, as much as our scandal was like all over Twitter, all over ESPN and all that stuff, there's a book written about it. There's been no mention of him. And maybe it's because he's had, you know, a couple FBS jobs since then. Yeah, that seems to be the common theme among TCU fans is if he was really that bad, then something would have happened at all of his other stops. And I just want to be like, that's that's not how this works. <laughs> like, yeah. That's <laughs> but it like like it's done. So we'll when the Big 12 schedule finally does come out, you know, sometime eventually it it's bound to, I'm I'm assuming. Um or we I think we know that you know TCU and Baylor are like permanent rivals. That much I think has been established from the Big 12. So we should have to go to Fort Worth this next year in 2023. And um we'll be facing off against Kendall Bros. Who knows? They might come here again. We don't we have no idea what Yeah, we don't know. Be. I mean, I'm assuming that just because they came here this year, but you're right. It's a completely new schedule. Four new teams are coming in, so we really don't know what the schedule is going to look like. I'm pretty certain we're going to play them. I don't know exactly where, but or when, but um, I hope I hope it's not. I mean, as weird as I will, to say, I, hope I will it's not guarantee you that we're playing them. I will guarantee. Yes. I, I will yes. right now guarantee you that we're playing them. And I'm right there. I hope it's not in Waco. I will also guarantee you that Texas will play at the University of Houston. This Houston better have the cojones to not put that game in like whatever wherever uh, Texans play. No, they'll play it at TDCU. Uh, don't don't get pressured by state lawmakers to switch that to. No, NFL it's never stadium. state lawmakers. It's always been the uh, it's always been Texas that can do. Well, that. no, but Texas, Texas has influence. In Texas has influence with people in. No, it'll be they, they they've wanted this. Houston has wanted this game for a very long time. Um, and they will get it. Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle um, has yeah. released what he was given as Houston's home schedule for next year. It didn't include the University of Texas. So, um, and he, I know, I know, there's been some folks that are talking about, oh, we got to learn the beat writers from forty places. I am a Houston person, lived here pretty much my whole life, except for when I went to Baylor. Um, Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle, very trustworthy. If you if you want to follow somebody to get some yeah. U of H news, he's very yeah. very trustworthy. Yeah, I would. Uh... I knew him. He's the only one that I know as far as like Houston beat writers, just because I guess during that whole like COVID year, when there was a back and forth between when. Oh yeah. He covered, Houston, he covered, he covered the cancellation. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, for sure. If you want to follow beat writers for teams, if you're going to follow Houston, just Joseph Duarte is the person to follow for sure. Yeah. And the Scott and Holman podcast with a W P A W D. Yeah. <laughs> There, um, so I think we do need to get to know like some of these these new teams coming in, like you mentioned the Scott Holman podcast. Um, so we'll do a little research to about UCF and Cincinnati and BYU to kind of get a feel for that. UCF is fun, man. They're fun to poke. You, oh yes. So since we recorded last, you did. To me, you you it was a tweet, but it was it was fairly. Innocent in the sense it was, of it, like, was, it started off mild. All I so I was watching the end of Iowa State Texas. I think it was. I think it was the Iowa State Texas game that I was watching the end of. And yes, it was because it was Tyrese Hunter went back to Ames. Um, and I was like, well, I know Hilton's going to be rocking. I want to watch this game. 
So I was watching the end of that one and the thought just popped in my head, like the atmosphere at Hilton Coliseum, like the physicality of the play. I know that UCF doesn't have the strongest basketball team in the world. They're ranked in like the fifties or sixties in Ken Palm, I think. Um, and when you're talking about like the majority of this conference is like top 20 in yeah. Ken Palm. Um, and so the slate that you have to have week in and week out, I just, I literally just tweeted, I legitimately feel bad for what's going to happen to UCF during basketball season in this conference. And I, it hurt a couple of feelings at first. And then I think what set people over the edge was a Cincinnati fan replied to me saying, uh, you know, Hey, I also think, you know, we will be pretty bad. It's going to take us a little while to get there. And I've had a soft spot for Cincinnati for a couple of reasons, because a, I thought we should have brought Cincinnati in when we brought West Virginia in in the first place. I yeah. thought we should have, we should have expanded with Cincinnati a long time ago. They were in the, weren't they in the, what was the big East? They were in the big with, East and they're a natural rival to West Virginia. Like they're, yeah, they're right next right to West Virginia. They're right there. Yeah. Um, so I've always thought that, you know, they were worthy of being in this conference. I, when, when we had that little fake round of expansion where we didn't bring anybody in, I, w- I wanted UC or I wanted Cincinnati really bad. So there's that. And then the second part of it was when, when we announced that we were going to pull in the four new schools, I feel like Cincinnati and then BYU to a certain extent as well. But M- Cincinnati at first was the most excited. Like they were printing Big 12 logos. Didn't they have their like fans? They were going like crazy. A flag, Big 12 flag, like when they yeah. went under the field. Like they, they, it was great. And so I've had a soft spot for Cincinnati. So when this guy replied to my UCF tweet and said, Cincinnati's going to be bad too, I said, I said, nah, we will be nice to you guys. It's bully UCF season, which is very like half joking, like whatever. That pissed them off. And man, they, I'll say, quote unquote, they came at me. There wasn't really that many of them. Um, I really, they they think there's a lot of them and they think they're like hardcore on Twitter. But again, uh, I don't think they're, they know what they're in for the first time they go up against like Tech or Kansas State or Iowa State. And they, none of them like refuted what you said. They brought up like football stuff. They, yeah, they kept bringing up the Fiesta Bowl. And it was okay. like, this is what I'm talking about. Like we're talking about you know basketball what? here and you guys want to go back to football. I mean, Blake Bortles ain't walking through that door. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know what, yeah, I was pissed off about the Fiesta Bowl uh, in 2013. I have yeah. gotten over it. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> happened a decade ago. That's why I'm still angry about. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was very, very, like, I had one guy to me that he just kept, he, he came to me like rent free. I kept getting that. Like, stuff. It was, it was just, it, there was some very, very weak Twitter banter that, that really made me chuckle. And, I still legitimately feel bad for what's going to happen to their both their team and their fan base in this conference. Yeah. Um, they they may think they're like hardcore online or on Twitter. They're they're just basically just insufferable. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I to, have- uh, to be honest with you, I don't like I've had I've I've I have stirred the Iowa State hornet's nest before that one's pretty nasty tech can be real bad and then this year was the first time that i really stirred the kansas state pot and they they came at me real hard um i was i was quite impressed with kansas state twitter this year uh, when i when i went at them um but 
<laughs> it, it's gonna it's gonna be funny it's, gonna be uh, it's funny. really gonna be funny i think from what i've seen so far like Kansas or cincinnati fans seem to be like really meek like they're very humble even though they're the only ones out of the four that have made the playoff uh in football but they they seem like just really excited and happy to be here byu seems like um they're excited but they're ready to compete like byu's like they they seem like the group that's like okay we finally get to prove it like that that seems like their attitude to me and then u of h i just don't like who cares i don't think they're ready yeah personally i think of the four the uh is like the one who's like least ready to compete at this week to week in football in basketball basketball. no in basketball yeah i'm I'm talking football but yeah yeah in football basketball we They'll be right up there with everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, speaking of football, we did have, I think that since the last time we talked, we had had a couple of transfer portal entries, or I should say like additions to Baylor, and then also some at least one exit, right? So, Squirrel Williams is into the portal, and by, and by now he's already picked a team, so. So he will be going to Louisiana Tech for his last year of eligibility. And that sounds about right. I I would think I thought he might have the opportunity to go to like another power five and be a third down back or a similar role. But I guess I guess he was looking for a more premier back. So you're I think you're right. Yeah. It does make sense landing there. Well, my my first thought was like, well, he'll probably end up at either like Nebraska or Texas Tech. That's what I thought. I thought pretty- Nebraska. I thought Nebraska too. Because he's a rural recruit, you know, it makes sense. Um, but, but I, I think, think Louisiana Tech's close to home. Yeah, and I also think like what you said, like probably at those schools, it'll be the same thing. But like, you're not going to be a featured back, right? I I think at Louisiana Tech, he'll he'll go there, and they might use him as the one this year. Yeah. So, and then I don't know if we had, had Zoe Robertson committed last time or we, I know we talked about it cause he was like, uh, we were still in the, he hasn't made a decision yet, but, um, but he's on campus. So he committed and he's starting in spring. So I think and, we did talk about it last time. Yeah. So I think the only we brought other, in another quarterback as well from uh, yes. Northern Arizona. Yeah. Like RJ Martinez. Who's from have three quarterbacks? He he played high school, I think, in Round Rock. So he's from Texas. Correct. And I believe he's coming in as a preferred walk-on. Yes. Um, I mean his high school tape, he looks really good. I mean, yeah. So he's I mean, just tiny. He's yeah, little. he's just it, it's a it's a developmental type of thing, but it's perfect for like what he is, a walk-on, preferred walk-on quarterback. Yeah, you get, and he gets get the opportunity. He gets the opportunity to to come here, compete here, play close to home. Um and go to a great school in Baylor. Like, you know, I can't blame the kid for wanting to leave Northern Arizona for that. And I, th- I think that maybe that may be it for this portion of the, the portal. Now, because they, that window closed earlier this week or last week. Um, so like no one can enter the portal unless you're like a grad transfer. They right. can, they can still do that, but um, no underclassmen can enter the portal until that after spring, that second window opens in May. So right now I think we should be like good as far as people entering or uh, exiting the portal. Correct. Yeah. The portal is officially closed. Stargate is not open at the moment. 
And another piece of good news, not portal related, but uh, TJ Franklin is coming back for his final year. Yeah, that's huge. He's uh, for not just like his athleticism and size, which the dude is a freak. Um, I I like the continuity of bringing him back, the leadership that he'll bring, um, especially when you're losing guys, you know, a guy like Dylan Doyle, right? So having having a guy like TJ Franklin, um, you lose, yeah, like you're losing Doyle, you're losing Ika. Um, so having that seniority back, that leadership, that toughness, um, and I would love to see him take that next step. He's got, he's got the physical traits required to play at the next level. He just kind of needs to, I think, put a little bit more together, maybe get it just a little bit quicker. Um, and it might even be just a little instinctual, uh, but just that next step that he needs to take, if he takes it, we could be talking about him as a, as a pretty solid draft pick possibly um, after next year. So I think I'm really glad he's coming back. I think he probably went through um, talk to the folks that you can talk to, to understand like where you're being evaluated on NFL draft boards, probably got some advice from those kind of places on what he needs to work on and what NFL teams would be looking for. So I think that's what he'll probably come back and do. And I think David Rando will be, uh, you know, the right kind of person to utilize that. Plus you've got, um matt pallage coming back um, mm-hmm. and i don't know if you remember this matt but when you know he was here um before he left to go become the defensive coordinator at oregon we had a lot more sacks than we did this past year so um yes hoping that he and aranda can kind of uh, figure out a way to get um those stats back and i think tj franklin can play a huge role in that yeah and i haven't seen i'm assuming gabe hall is also coming back it hasn't been like he hasn't made any announcement like like Franklin did, but like we said, he's, I think the entering the NFL is also closed, right? Yeah. You had to declare by, I think Monday of last week. So, yeah. So I'm, uh, so I'm assuming you have both him and um, Gabe Hall back, which is huge for Baylor's defense for 2023, just based on basically having more of that leadership, like you're talking about on that, that front line. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot of it. We're we're turning guys over, and this this is how it works in college football, man. This is this is what makes it different than the pros is that you have that that roster churn constantly. So any production and experience that you bring back year over year is invaluable. Um, so very excited to have him yeah. back. Um, I liked and- what we did in the portal. Um, uh, so it was pretty. I think what I mean what we added is going to complement our defense of, of, of the attrition that we did have, whether to the NFL or um, transfer portal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Joe, do you have um, anything else before we move on to what the people really listen to the podcast for? What the people really listen to the podcast for, man. No, no more sports. What's real quick? Let me see. Is I, I think I know we were talking about it before we started recording at TCU just dismantled 27 point win over Oklahoma tonight. Yeah. I'm uh, Iowa Kansas State is leading the uh the fighting purple tangs of uh, Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas. Uh Iowa State playing in Ames against Kansas State right now. They're up by five with the uh, 15 minutes left in the game. So yeah. So What's, I have not watched Last of Us yet. You haven't watched have, any of it. Yet? I haven't watched any of it yet. You gotta watch it. I know. Last weekend, so the first weekend came out, we were busy. 
Uh, and so we said, yeah, yeah, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. And then, of course, during the week, stuff happens. We, we never end up watching any TV during the week. I watch sports, um, but we end up having to work or Teddy's up late or whatever it is. It's just it's tough to watch shows um, during the week for us. And we got to the weekend and sh- my wife actually was the one who wanted to watch it more than me, uh, surprisingly enough. Not that I don't want to. I very much want to watch the show. But um, she was like, hey, let's go. Let's go watch at least the first episode of Last of Us. I said, I actually said I would rather watch a movie because I want to watch a whole story. I, there, I wasn't in the mood to get like a piece of a story and have to wonder what happens next. So I was like, I want to watch a fully contained. I would rather watch a movie than that right now. So I'll tell you what we watched in a minute. But that, that I've said all that. That's my very long winded answer to um, I will most likely try to watch and get caught up this weekend on it. Um, so that way, next time we record, I can at least talk about maybe the first episode, if nothing else. Yeah, because I know I know I need to watch it so we can talk about it. Yeah, but so Matt, it's it's very good. I assume so. Um, the source material is great, and then the 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 cast is awesome. So, um, and the creator, it's the same guy. It's it's Craig Mazin, right? The same guy that did Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. yeah, he's and then um, one of the co-creators of the game. Okay, got it. Um, also, uh, roommates with Ted Cruz at Harvard. Neil Druckmann yeah. is the other showrunner um what's your experience with last of us like did you play the game like you f- i never played the games because it was it was a playstation game before i was a playstation boy um i am okay. a playstation boy now but i was an xbox boy before okay i never played the games but um i have i have watched a couple of like let's plays with it yeah um i have i have watched and i have read about some of the quote-unquote controversy around uh the release of the second game and um, a bunch of essentially incels getting mad at, at the fact that there's like strong female characters for some reason uh, and saying they ruined it in the second one. The story is awful, but I know a lot of things that happen. I am, I'm acutely aware of at least the overarching story of what happens. Um, so having not yeah. played the game, I won't understand probably like little Easter eggs or um maybe some idiosyncrasies about relationships that they might expect you to to already know but i i I know who joel and ellie are and i know kind of like what the whole point of their story is so but matt do you want to know since i wanted to watch a movie do you want to know what we ended up watching please tell me so um i i work with a a number of folks from the country india um and I have for a long time. In fact, my college roommate was originally from India, but he wouldn't. Uh, he was grew up in Dallas. Um, but uh, I, I've been around Indian culture a lot in my adult life, and one of the things that I have always appreciated is uh, a good Bollywood action movie. Um, so there's some there's it. The way I've just I described it to my wife before we watched stuff is I was like, like, I want you to think about when you were a kid and you had the most vibrant imagination possible. And and that's when you wrote this screenplay. And that's what like a Bollywood action movie is, is there's just no rules. And it's what's the the only concept of when they write this stuff is what is the coolest possible thing that we can put on the screen. So there's a movie on Netflix, which is a it's a popular Bollywood movie called RRR three R's. And um, it I've is. Seen, uh, I've seen parts of this movie. I haven't watched the whole thing through. It but, is but it's so a, good, it's Matthew. Cr- it's wild. 
It's what, uh, three hours action. long. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. <laughs> um, I didn't know it was three hours long when we turned it on, but yeah, it's three hours long, and it is. Um, it's it's got everything you could want. It's got action. It's got uh, intrigue. It's got. Uh, a, a clear good guy and bad guy. It's got a budding friendship that falls apart and then comes back together. It's 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 got everything you could ever want. And oh my, it was it was it was the most fun that I've had for like a, just sitting in my media room for three hours than I've had in a while. Like I adored that movie, and I highly recommend anybody go watch RRR um, on, on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, the no. essentially, essentially the plot of the movie is this is you've got um uh two guys who are just they're essentially like superheroes but they're they're just human it's almost kind of like an anime where they're just they're just better than everybody else around them and they uh they end up having to come together and work together but then are they actually working against each other are they friends are they not what's the end result going to be in this um so yeah it's 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 just a stellar film i i adore it yeah no i've seen like i said i've seen clips of it i just haven't gotten around to watching it mostly it's it is i am adverse to like three hour movies so but i could watch it in my home i can kind of watch it in a little bit more a comfortable space than like a movie theater yeah for sure for sure. Anything else that's um, got you? I've I've made it about halfway through Jack Ryan. Okay. So I'm I'm going there. I got into it, um, and I I I, I binged watched like four or five episodes. Um, so that was. I'm glad I got back into that. Um, but yeah, I know I need to get into Last of Us. I know, I know, I know. Um, oh, yeah. what about you? Um. That's, I'm really just watching just The Last of Us really right now. Um, nothing, I mean, other than like you said, like I watch sports and then on Sundays I watch The Last of Us. You know, I'm in on this like HBO prestige TV thing. So, did you see today that the um Academy Awards released their nominees? Uh, I did see, I didn't get to see the full list, I saw some, some of the nominees. Okay, so I'm sure we will have an episode dedicated to these uh, when we get closer to the event. Um, Maybe we'll bring Dex on like we did last year. Yeah. Um, But uh, I'll read for you. uh, I'll I'll go through the list in alphabet. I think it's in alphabetical order um, of the best picture nominees. And I want you to tell me if you have seen the movie. I'll tell you if I've seen it as well, but I want to see how many of these you have seen. Okay. So first one is all quiet on the Western front. No, you haven't. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. It's in German. um, But you can put it, you can put English subtitles on it. If you would rather not read the, uh, read the subtitles. Sorry. It's a a remake, right? Or is that a remake? No, it's it's, it's based. There's it's, it's a famous book. Yeah, book, yeah. all quiet on the Western Front. So, uh, all right. Next up, Avatar: The Way of Water. No. Okay, that's I've a, also that's, seen... it goes back to my three-hour movie, like a version. Yeah, I did go see this. 
uh, over my little Christmas break. Uh, it was not good. Um, so I'm two for two. You're over two. Um, yeah. Next up, I I loved this movie personally. Uh, the the band the Banshees of Inisherin. No, but I want to see that one. That's it's on HBO Max now. Okay, so I'm, I am gonna watch that. I'll probably watch that tonight. So I do want to watch re- that movie. I really like that one. Very dry. It's a good. Yeah, it'd be a good movie to go to sleep after, like because it's just real laid back. It's kind of chill. Um. All right. Next up is Elvis. I did not see Elvis. I did not see it. my thirteen-year-old did see this movie. I did not. Yeah. I think this one's also on HBO Max right now. It, it was. I don't know if it still is, but it, I, I know it did when it, after it finished its like theater run. Okay, I bet it will come back now that it's been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, it's the Best Picture nominee. Got to get those streaming numbers up. Um, next one is something I haven't seen that I've I've heard is amazing, um, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I haven't seen that either. I believe that's also on Netflix, right? Is it? I don't know. I thought so. I could be wrong. But I haven't I haven't seen that either. I haven't I have not seen it. Um next up is a movie that actually came out I'd say semi recently, which it's a, it's the Spielberg, uh the Fablemans. So I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen this one either. I thought about going to see it. If I was if I was going to the movies this weekend, which I don't think I am, because uh, I don't have a babysitter, but if I was going to the movies this weekend, I would probably consider this one to go see it, because I think it's still in the theaters, and there's not much to see. Um, next one is a movie that I have seen Dex himself give very, very high praise. Um, I, I, I may pronounce this wrong, but Tar. Um, it stars Kate. I think it's Kate Blanchett that's in it. It's about yeah. a. It's about a composer, um, and it's supposedly just absolutely amazing. Um, all right, next up, I know we've both seen this one, um, and I'm glad to see that the Academy is finally recognizing some of these fast food, fast food style movies. Uh, Top Gun Maverick nominated mm-hmm. for Best Picture. Saw that one. God, yeah, and that was that was real good. All right, this is the the last two are two that I have not heard of. It's the only two on the list that I, I don't know, at least know what the movie is. Um, Triangle of Sadness. Yep. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. don't know anything. All right, about you haven't seen movie. it three times. I, I could have sworn you were telling me, man, can't stop watching Triangle of Sadness. Uh, that's just, that's every morning we're getting my kids off to school is Triangle of Sadness. So. <laughs> Uh, well, the next one is also uh, it also applies to your li- uh, life as you are married with two daughters. Yeah. Uh, the final nominee for Academy Award for Best Picture is Women Talking. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, however, I kind of live it because that's <laughs> that's mostly again, women talking is a big part of my life. Again, another again, I have I have not heard of this film at all triangle of sadness and women talking i'm sorry i haven't heard of you um but all the others i have heard of or have seen um and i you know what i think like i guess i could i could if elvis comes back i will i'll be willing to watch it if everywhere if everything everywhere all at once is on netflix i would probably watch it and i've i have wanted to see tar just because i know i've seen it get very high praise it's supposedly like big cinema hours um, so I'm the only thing I'm kind of shocked about is like 
like that Babylon film wasn't. Oh, was that the one with uh, like Margot Robbie and yeah? Okay. So apparently, it's it's not on Netflix, but you can see everything everywhere all at once on Showtime. Okay, got it. If you have a Showtime subscription, or oh, I'm sure you could rent it on like Prime Video, but as far as like subscription, got it. Okay. So, but I'm gonna try to watch. I always try to do this. I try. I'm gonna try to watch the nominated films. However, I, I probably won't watch those last two. Okay. Just because I, 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 I haven't even heard, heard of them. them. Yeah, I've um, never heard of those films. So I'm guessing those are the they're probably they're probably more art based films um, that the Academy loves. That you know they're throwing a bone to Top Gun. They're gonna gotta throw a bone to Triangle of Sadness. Um, yeah. The I only other thing theory. I want to know what this is. I'm surprised the whale isn't on there because it, that's a movie that I've seen get a lot of uh, a lot of play. The new Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not on there either. Although Brendan Fraser is nominated. Triangle of Sadness. Okay, what's the what's what are we talking about here? What's like our What's our high level? So, it's a satirical black comedy film. Uh, let's see. Okay, like there's no. Where I don't want to read the entire plot. Like, where's the stinger for this? Like, where's yeah, the like, like two sentences? Yeah, give me the two sentence here. I, I googled Triangle of Sadness, and I'm just getting like people also ask: Is Triangle of Sadness appropriate? So here's what I got from IMDb. A cruise for the super rich sinks, thus leaving survivors, including a fashion model. Oh, fashion model, celebrity couple, a fashion model, celebrity couple trapped on an island. Okay. Interesting. Now, it's got Woody Harrelson in it. So I don't know. I'm looking at some more of the nominations. And so, like, I think Brendan Fraser should, is probably the, I would say like the favorite, although Colin. Farrell okay, so on there. yeah, he got he got nominated for the whale for best best lead actor. Yeah, I yeah. bet he wins that. But I mean, like Colin Farrell for um, Banshees of Sharon, which I, I don't know. think he'll win. He, it's a great. It, uh, I could see uh, for best supporting actress for Carrie Condon from that film winning it. Okay. She is amazing in Banshees. And then best supporting actor, I could see Barry Kagan or Brendan Gleeson from Banshees winning it. But as the lead man, like the, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought Colin Farrell did a great job, but it wasn't like an Academy Award performance yeah. for me. Brendan yeah, Gleeson did a really, really great job as supporting though. Um, and I think like Michelle Yeoh, like she has to win. I'm gonna riot. Just, I mean, mom, because has to win for the um, best lead actress. For everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Um, let me see. Supporting actor. So, Brendan, um, I think it's, so, like, I think is how you say his name. Kehu Kwan. He, for everything, everywhere, all at once. So, he was the, he's a child actor. So, he was in, you've seen Indiana Jones. Yep. So he's like short round Indiana Jones. Okay. And he's data in the Goonies. Right. Now he's an adult. And 
it's uh he won like I think Golden Globe. I think he won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, all right. But like you said, like um you have like Brendan Gleason um and Barry K is it Kagan? Yeah. For the uh, Banshee's Adventure, like two nominees for supporting actor in that film. So Yeah, they're both very good. They're both very, very good in that movie. Um as is Carrie Condon, who's nominated yeah. for supporting actress. Although so, I think she's not going to win. Carrie Condon. I'm pretty sure Angela Bassett's going to win for Black Panther. Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, you know, it, it'll be. It, she uh, carry, you know, have you seen? You've seen that film, right? No, I told you. I still haven't seen. Black Panther. Seen, oh, okay, I haven't seen the. Like she carries that film. Does she? Okay. Yeah. It's just, so, will they give a Marvel movie an Academy Award? Well, it's, she's the first one to ever get like nominated for acting in yeah. from a marvel movie i don't think a marvel movie's ever been nominated in any no black panther was as a film the first black panther so but i don't think an actor she's the first actor or actress to get nominated well she's she's like an all-time actress too like also, it's angela yes. bassett it's not yes. just anybody it's not That's just a random like, person in a marvel movie it's one of the mind, greatest actresses of all time in my <laughs> mind it's like angela bassett and like Brendan Fraser, they're like gonna win just because it's hard not to take in like their body of work, right? Well, and plus for Brendan Fraser, it's the comeback. Plus, I mean he he changes his body in this. Movie, oh yeah, so yeah. Um, here's a little fun fact. Do you know two actors from Encino Man are nominated for Academy Awards this uh, this season? Okay, so Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Polly Shore's not. No. It was uh Kehu Kwan was also in that movie. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yes. He was in Encino Man. So Encino Man Renaissance over here. Encino Man, the, the birther of Academy yeah. Award winners. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Matt. What else you got? Anything? That's all I got. Excellent. Working. And where can the people find you? Uh, you find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Workman. Um, you can find the podcast at The Bear Den Pod on Twitter as well. Excellent. How about you, Joe? Find us, find us on TheBearDenPod.com as well. And you can find me on Twitter at The underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, and then you can also join us if you, if you want to talk to us. We're both very heavily involved in the Our Daily Bears Discord. Um, oh, yes. So you can go to at Our Daily Bears on Twitter. He has the link um, in his profile join the join the discord there you can come talk about uh baylor basketball you can talk about baylor football you can talk about recruiting you can talk about the transfer portal we talk about music there's a channel in there about people that really like planes so um anything and everything the flight tracking yeah flight tracker yeah i i i go in there every once in a while just to clear the notification because um oh yeah so yeah i have no interest in yeah, unless it's like a coaching search for Baylor, I really I don't have interest in flight tracking or coaching search for uh, any other team I'm interested in. Right. But yeah, I'm looking at right now. You can talk about movies, video games, music, cooking. A lot of video game oh. talk. So you really talk about pretty much anything you're interested in. There's all there's even like a networking. Yeah, great little posts. networking spot too. To people uh, post jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I like it's kind of like my my secondary social media type thing yeah it's so, like a, it's just a it's you can come in and everybody's a baylor fan 
Yeah, and that's what I did. Like I was, I was at the game on Monday. I was on Twitter, and I would switch over to the Discord for RLA Bears back and forth. Um, and it's just a fun time. Yep. So come join us. Bear Den officially, uh, officially is a uh, supporter of the Harley Bears Discord. Yes, very much so. Excellent. Well, Matt, it's been fun. Until All next right. time. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.